All right, all right, here we go. It is Tuesday, May 18th. Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. The year 2021. I was born in 1994. The 1900s. I was born in the 1900s. I was given the name Curtis Alexander Sternemann. Curtis with a K. Alexander with an A. Sternemann. All damn day. Curtis Alexander Sternemann. My brother and my sister were named after my grandparents. My brother's name is Kenny or Kenneth, which was named after my dad's dad. And my sister, Caitlin, has the was named after, well, her middle name is was the name of my mom's mom. Excuse me, my name just sounded nice. I guess when you get to the third kid, you're kind of either A, out of grandparents, which, or maybe it's kind of like, you know, you did the right thing. You named your first kid after a grandparent. You got the thumbs up from the from the parents, right? My mom and dad got the thumbs up from their parents. And, uh, you know, then along came Curtis and my name just sounded nice. So that's pretty cool. But I am doing this recording from Carbondale, Illinois. So a little bit different. It's not either in my apartment in Chicago in Worker Park or it's not at a location like a suburb of Illinois because I'm not recording a family member. It's a little bit different. I had a really long weekend because I went to a course in New Orleans, which I did. So a course through work. So a course being there are companies that will, that are companies, products, services that one of their services is education. So course. So you'll have doctors come in and they'll get the education on well, the industry that I'm in is obstructive sleep apnea. So just going through how to diagnose it, what to do as far as helping your patient go through their insurance to get treatment through the practice and learn about uh, available treatment options. So just kind of an all-in-one from start to finish. You want to start implementing this in your, your practice. You want to grow your sleep practice you go to this course, it's one of, there are a lot of courses out there, but this one, there's a doctor that works really closely with the company that I work with, so they wanted to send me. So I got, I go down to New Orleans, I left on Thursday, and so I did a recording on Wednesday, because I didn't know, just based on my schedule, when I'd have the opportunity to record another one. And then, lo and behold, come Sunday into Monday, it's just nice to sit down and actually like take a deep breath. I've been running around. I've been really going. So I go to New Orleans for the first time on Thursday and I was super excited. I'd never been. I have only like seen, I mean, of course the New Orleans saints, like just growing up with football and the Drew Brees, uh, what's the, it's like uh, heart of a champion. He, he kind of led this 
this song. I remember listening to that in high school. But I go to the, uh, I got to get a little pep in my step here. I got to be excited. I got to be excited to be on this. I can't just have this like dry monotone. I'm a little nervous because I don't know like how loud I'm being in a hotel room. And I don't want to be that weird hotel guest where it's like, if they don't know that I've got this whole microphone set up here, they're probably like, why is the guy next to me just talking to himself? I got to get a new room. I didn't think I'd be running into this at Carbondale, Illinois. So anyway, I got to get a little pep in my step. So I go to New Orleans on Thursday. Okay. Now my normal routine when I, when I travel for work, and I did it tonight, even, even just being in uh, Carbondale, is I like to be home away from home. So instead of going to like a restaurant, posting up with like my laptop or, you know, just being like, you know what, I'm just going to go get a drink. I will find a grocery store and I'll actually just pick up some groceries and then I'll bring it back to the hotel room or, you know, for today I actually got the groceries and then ate most of what I got in the car in the parking lot before I hit the road. I had another like hour and a half to go from the grocery store I was at to go to the hotel that I'm staying at because what I'm doing with this trip I don't know why I'm breathing so heavy okay so what I'm doing with this trip is I flew into St. Louis and then what I decided to do was get a rental car and then drive from St. Louis back up to O'Hare where my car is parked where I flew out of this morning so the reason I do that is because my territory is, you know, a few states, and Illinois is one of them, and I rarely come down this south into Illinois. So I'm thinking, if the weather's nice, I'm going to go, and I'm going to do this route. Because sometimes I think it's good, even though I'm in a very rural area of Illinois. Like, there's not, the population isn't that dense. But just be able to go and introduce myself and, and be able to, you know, put a a face to some of the emails that come out of of the Wicker Park apartment in Chicago is always nice. So I'm in Carbondale, and I'll be making my way back up the next two days. Rental car is due on Thursday, May 20th. I think why I'm nervous is because this past weekend was so relaxing but then also stressful, and it's stressful in all the right ways. Not only did I get pickpocketed in New Orleans, and I'm not here, I, I know I'm breathing heavy. This is gonna sound like I'm, like I can barely even catch my breath, but I got pickpocketed in New Orleans, and I don't wanna make a bad rap for New Orleans, okay? It's probably just a, a fluke, I don't know. I'm not here to like paint the picture of any type of town or city or whatever. But I'm nervous because I actually relaxed in like a work setting because I really liked who I was there with. There were other vendors there. And it's always nerve wracking when you show your true colors a little bit because now it's like you're vulnerable. And that's something that I think is just a part of life. Like it's just nice to know that I mean, we went out and like we drank and I'm not nervous about it. I didn't do anything like dumb while I drank, but just like being a little bit more like I was kind of throwing some jokes here and there. And normally I'm kind of like the quiet guy at some of these work events. 
So I'm just kind of taking it all in. And to be honest, I've been traveling so much these last two weeks that it's nice just to sit down and and it was just and you know what the other thing was? So I'll I'll start to like I'll start to piece down some of these stories, but I really have to go through like some of the things that are like on top of there's just like a weight on my chest, which is just is terrible. But for instance, the first thing that was just unbelievable was I get back and, and I gotta keep in mind, okay. I think the weight on my chest, I have to stay in perspective of the problems that I face by default. The bottom, the baseline of that problem. You know what it is? My my nose might be congested, and that's why I'm breathing so much through my my mouth. That could totally be the case. But <laughs> my God, if if you're hanging in there at nine minutes, and I've been talking about how much I'm breathing for like sixty percent of it, good for you. Okay, so. I get back from New Orleans on Friday. No, Saturday after the t- the two days. I mean, Thursday was was really relaxing because I got in. But I get back on on Saturday, and I go to my car, which was parked in Lot F, the rental car parking lot at O'Hare. And I get everything's fine. And I get into the driver's side, and I look up, and there is a two and a half foot crack on my windshield. And I just couldn't believe it. I actually got out of my car and tried to wipe it off. Like, I was like, there's no way this is like a scratch on my windshield. There's not a chance. So, something must have fallen. Or maybe a rock hit it before I parked it. I mean, this is almost like... The thing that stressed me out, and I was thinking about while I was driving uh, down to Carbondale from, from St. Louis today. When there aren't things that just keep popping up in your life... Because right now I'm in this weird mode where it's like things keep popping up in my life and I keep having to like work through them, but they're unplanned things and they're things that I couldn't have done anything to get ahead of because they're just these like random occurrences. Like the first thing was the windshield. I've got to take care of that. The second thing is I've been going back and forth with the insurance company about the rental car accident. And to hear that the car that I hit hasn't even started their processing yet, it's just, it's kind of a pain in the ass because now I've got to start my insurance process and then have to pay something that can be essentially given back to me once the other company starts the process. So just like go back and forth and those phone calls is, is always fun. And then I have to like figure out this safe light thing. So I've got to have like, safe light come out to my car this Friday and replace the windshield. I'm also moving in 12 days. So I've got to figure out how to calmly get into moving. I got to go to Ikea and get all this furniture. I've got to, oh, what else? Um, but it's all, it's all menial. It's all like, they're very minuscule things that I have to work through because in the scheme of life, these are like, post-it note things like you just write it down do it crinkle it up throw it away but I'm breathing heavy so I'm just wondering like what is it like what's causing that I just talked with somebody who spent a lot of their life training towards uh, becoming uh, a singer like a professional singer 
And one thing that she said was when I talk with like a lower voice, I guess I'm creating something called fry. And so when you create fry, like that crackle, you shorten your vocal cords. And so maybe I've got to like come out of that a little bit and like lift up or something. Shortening my vocal cords. Got to think about like getting a bigger chest of air or something. But, you know, today was interesting, but I don't want to talk about today. I want to talk about it. 12 and a half minutes. My pickpocketing experience in New Orleans, Louisiana. So I get there Thursday. And... I did my routine. I got to the hotel. I found a closed grocery store. I walked to it and I got some food, you know, like a chicken, like half of a chicken. Got a gallon of water. I always get a gallon of water because I always make sure I stay hydrated. And I go back to the room and I eat in my hotel room. It's really relaxing. And then I got a workout in. And then the next morning is the first day the course starts. So the course starts at 8 a.m. on Friday. So I go down to the course and I meet all the other vendors. And we were all getting along. It was really great just to have all the booths set up. And you start to see the attendees come in and just greet them and, you know, ask if they have any questions. And you start to get an idea of, you know, what's going to be the best approach as far as this weekend you know is it just kind of getting information ready in a, in a very quick way is it just you know really hearing all the attendees out and saying okay where realistically could I start to help them right now and just start to to go from there but Friday night after a really great day with the course it ran from eight to five there's a group that decides to go out for dinner and so we go out to dinner, which dinner was great. I got the redfish. I thought about getting crawfish, but the redfish. The reason I got the redfish, two reasons. One, I've never had redfish, so I thought that it was interesting. The other thing is the whole day at the hotel, there was this big sign that was staring at me. It said Redfish Grill. And although we didn't eat at the hotel, as I'm sitting there, unsure of what to order. I'm not a signs guy, okay? I really, I'm not. I don't like to believe in signs because I think that sometimes if you like really go gung-ho and believing in signs, if you ever are looking for one and you force one, I don't know, it's up to you, I guess. Because essentially, if, if, I'm, if I'm choosing that route, then that means that at one point there was a successful sign but I don't know if that's to each their own. I mean, if, if you if you follow that, then that's that's great. If it works out, then that's awesome. Keep doing what you find success doing. But in this one instance, I saw redfish, and then I was like, you know what? I could also throw that as a justification. But I saw that big sign that said Redfish Grill. So dinner was great. Some doctors ended up going back to the hotel. They wanted to get up early. Some doctors actually had to do a sleep test so they couldn't be out too late. Because there's a company there that gives home sleep tests. 
And so part of the course is to educate on not only administering home sleep tests to see if you have obstructive sleep apnea, but also reading home sleep tests to determine what the next steps are for the patient. So some doctors, they went home, they did their test, and there's a group of us that decided to go out, go out on the town, Bourbon Street. So we head back to the hotel because we wanted to make sure everyone got back to the hotel safe. And I dropped my jacket off because, like an idiot, I brought a suit jacket on a human <laughs> night in New Orleans. So I drop my jacket off, and I take my tie off, and I'm ready to rock and roll. Here we go. So I get out, get out of the elevator, I, I meet up again with the group that we were going out with, and we started walking down Bourbon Street. It was lively, you got the band playing, you got people just crammed in the street. It's like a parade, just Friday, no apparent reason. So we keep walking down, and the first bar, going to this rock and roll bar. First song they're playing is Leonard Skinner. Second song, ZZ Top. I mean, it's it's rocking, it's rocking, it's rolling. We did some birthday shots because one of the vendors that we went out with, he had a birthday. It was his birthday that day. Birthday. Did I say birthday? So we do we do those. And I said at dinner, because I didn't know if everyone wanted to go out. I said, listen, I don't care how long we stay out. But as long as I can do a beer and a shot, I'm set. Because that's kind of like, I lived with a couple roommates down in, uh, down in, um, Wicker Park off the division about three and a half years ago. And one of the roommates, he always did that when we went out. And so I did it a couple of times and I kind of liked it because it's like, you don't have to go with like a super sugary cocktail. You also get kind of, you also stay in pace with people who do that, but you're also just able to enjoy a beer. Just do a shot, enjoy your beer. So that was my only request. So we were at the rock and roll bar, and I get it. And it was it was nice. I mean, New Orleans, here we are. New Orleans. New Orleans. NOLA. I'm doing it. So there's this guy though. He was he was up in the front. He was just right. He was just he, he was getting after it, man. This guy must have been like 6'3. He's kind of built, dude. Had these aviators on, way too dark to have sunglasses on. And he, he might as well have been like doing splits up in the front. I mean, this guy, he had the whole circle around him. I mean, it was it was rocking and a rolling. And it was a good bar. So we're like, okay, great. Good experience. Let's keep going. So we leave the bar and we're walking in Bourbon Street again. Now it's later. It's darker. People are crowding the streets more. And then we see these two guys that are just holding these snakes. <laughs> There's a huge anaconda, and then there's a bow constrictor. And so in the group, we had some people that wanted to go get the snake around them. And of course, these guys put the snake around you, and then they'll charge you, you know, whatever. I didn't hear how much it was, but he was waiting to get paid after he put the snakes on. I don't get it. I don't get snakes. I don't understand. Maybe it's like the person holding them is calm. 
and that makes it all better and they're not gonna like freak out and bite i have no idea the psyche of snakes <laughs> i don't know if it's like they just are used to the owners but then if the owners are putting them on strangers i don't really get how that dynamic works but it was just wild i mean we were in we were on bourbon street and i was seeing these snakes just crawl all over the shoulders <laughs> of the people we were with and so then we're thinking the the guy who had a birthday the only other time that i've been out with with this guy was a couple years ago and he actually is an extremely talented piano player and the last time a couple years ago was in a different city and we actually found a piano bar and he got up and he went to town and so we were thinking that'd be a pretty cool round two so we go and try to find a piano bar and this is where we kind of get disconnected a little bit and we break off into two groups and we're texting each other now and we're like okay we're gonna head to this place so we go there but it closed by the time we got there so then we turn around so we're walking down bourbon street again and i'm just looking straight up i'm not trying to like you know look somewhere that's gonna bite me in the ass i'm not trying to like do anything but just like mind my own enjoy the atmosphere and just keep going in fact when we were by the snakes for the first time in my life people i had someone walk past me and cop a feel on my red butt cheek <laughs> i was like okay i think this running thing is paying off <laughs> so <laughs> we're walking so so then we okay so we leave the, the snake uh <laughs> cop a feel area and we go to the piano bar where it was closed and then we turn back and we start going back towards the hotel and so we get back towards the hotel and we see this bar that was just bumping i mean it was hip-hop music just blasting I'm like, okay, we got to go in here. It was packed. It was absolutely packed. Felt like if you've ever been to one of those, like, just super packed college parties, you got to do, like, this shimmy shimmy. You got to, like, work your way through. The music was so loud that it got to a point where I could be six inches from the bartender's ear and you couldn't hear anything. I couldn't even hear me screaming. Like, I couldn't even, I didn't even know if what I was screaming was something that was in order so i get to a point where i'm typing on my phone like what orders i want and i'm just having a good time i'm hanging out by the bar i'm turning around when you know after i get a drink and there's this stage and there's an mc and he's just getting the crowd going and i'm looking around and it was just great i mean it was just i've never been here before it was a whole new experience and then i turn around again and i think i'd ordered like maybe two drinks by now, but I turn around and all of a sudden I keep my wallet in my back right pocket. I just feel a lift and I just feel that pressure of my wallet push, pushing on me and just get released. And so I turn around and I see these two gentlemen that 
had started to walk towards the stage and it was in his right hand. He's holding my wallet and I leave the bar and I go and with my left hand, I go reach for it. So I've got my hand on the wallet, but as soon as I reach for it, he brings his left hand on it too. So now he's got two hands and his friends there too. And so I'm thinking the last thing I want to do is cause an altercation. Like the last thing I want to do is, is come across it as like super uber aggressive and just have this become something so wild. I've never been in a situation. I don't know what's going to happen next, but the least I can do is just know that, okay, I'm not going to watch my wallet. Just like <laughs> leave this bar. So I go and grab it and he brings his other hand down and he's, He's got, I didn't even know three hands could be on my wallet at once, but he's holding my wallet with these, this fierce grip and he just puts his, he then dips his shoulder in. So now I'm kind of like extending my left arm a little bit. I'm trying to like hold on as best as I can. He dips his shoulder down towards me and he rips it, you know, towards his hip and he spins. And so this is where it was just super weird. And so this is the two theories I have on how the situation happens next. Either those guys were the worst pickpocketers in all of New Orleans or the country. I'm not going to say New Orleans is like notorious for anything. Or someone paid them to pickpocket me and <laughs> I got the little experience with it. I'm kidding. But seriously, it was just really weird what happened after the kind of attempt to get my wallet and they ripped it away and so now I'm by the stage and I'm leaning up against these like metal bars by the stage that kind of made the stage the stage. And I'm looking towards my right and I'm kind of turned a little bit leaning on the stage because I'm just trying to be like calm. I'm just trying to be like, listen, I don't think that obviously I don't know their stats as far as if this is the first pickpocket they've ever done. So I'm going to go on the assumption that it's not or maybe it's sort of one of the first and we're all heightened, right? We're out, drinking's involved. They just committed a form of theft. I don't think that we're all in the most calm state. So I, with the brilliance of however sober I was not, I'm just leaning up against this like bar, uh, like little metal bar that made the stage the stage. And I just look at them. I go back and forth. They're not moving. They just stood there. And I saw the dude put it in this little like side fanny pack he had. And once I saw that, they're just standing there. They didn't try to leave the bar. They didn't try to go back towards. I don't know if this is like how pickpocketing goes down where they just take it and they just stand there like nothing happened. But I'm looking at them, just staring at them, like almost like <laughs> concerned, confused, and then a little dash of like, really? Really? Like, I, come on, you have my wallet. Like, really? And just giving them that like dumbfounded, like, guys, you have my wallet, okay? Just give me my wallet. Like, are we really doing this? Like, I know you have it. There's no point in like, so weird they didn't leave. That was kind of the, the first kind of, okay, that's interesting. 
I'm not like skeptical about it. And I, I don't want, I don't mean to come across as skeptical, but when I tell the story and I think about how someone else may perceive like, Oh, well that's weird. And honestly, in the moment I was like, is me staring at them like so different than what, if they had pickpocketed before, right? I'm not trying to like say that maybe, maybe it was their first one. Okay. And they, they just heard about it in articles and they're like, I think this is how it should go down. And then when they actually tried to do it, it just didn't go the way they thought. <laughs> and so now they're in this weird standoff with this like weird, you know, <laughs> hair done up, just white dude with like probably too many buttons unbuttoned at the time, just staring at them, not trying to fight them. Also pretty tall. I mean, one of the guys, he had to be like 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, then the other, I'm thinking, you know, 6'1, six, 6'2. Six, I mean, they, these weren't small dudes. And I'm just staring at them because I'm just like, I'm so dumbfounded. Like, what what just happened? I was just hanging out. And now I've got like my wallet in somebody's hands literally three feet from me. And they're just like staring at me. <laughs> like, what is this situation? And so I just keep staring at them. And then one of the vendors that I was with, one of the reps from the other company, she she comes up and she had gotten dressed. So she was the only one of, of everyone that went out that was just like, hey, quick, I'm going to go get changed really quick and then I'll, I'll go out again. And so she came down and she had kind of like, kind of like, I mean, it looked like a Southern look. Like it was like, it had like, she had like a bandana tied like around her head and she looked more like, I mean, honestly, she looked like she could have been from New Orleans. And so she's like, she comes up to me. She's like, hey, we're going to go. What's going on? And I was like, but she, I don't even think she she came up concerned. She was just like, hey, we're going to go. What are, you, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, those guys right there <laughs> literally just standing there. They have my wallet. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, they, I was by the bar and they just took it out of my back pocket. And so she's like, OK. So then she's this little blonde woman just goes up <laughs> and she looks up at these dudes and she's like. I don't know honestly what she said specifically because it was that loud, but she's like, can can he just get his wallet back? And to my surprise, I see this dude go into his little fanny pack, unzip it, and hand her my wallet. And she comes back and she gives me my wallet. Now, this is where, listen, you can take what I did next any direction you want. If you want to say, I don't even know. Because I told my roommate and he's like, that was the, he was like, when I told him what I did after I got my wallet back, he's like, that was the last thing I would have done. But I'm, 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 um, I'm a huge, um, okay. I'm going to pick the right word here. I'm a huge proponent. Okay. I think that that's the right, I think that that's the right word. Like I'm a, I'm a big advocate for, I truly believe that something like anger or acting out or any emotion that causes there. I mean, there's actually like science behind when you're upset or you're angry, everything gets elevated and your ability to process information critically actually gets altered. And so you're, you're being very reactive. I know this because my dad loves to read and growing up, he loved to tell me that. So I'm a huge advocate for any time that I'm in a situation where there is someone who is doing something that's not, it doesn't seem to have a lot of critical thinking involved. <laughs> There's most likely a flood or a rush of something that's causing irrational thinking. Okay. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. 
heightened state. We, you know, it's a crazy night out. I'm not trying to write anybody's story. I'm just saying maybe if they have done this before and it has ever gone any certain way, the only way that it would end up would be in fury, um, anger, like a revengeful state, like how dare you take something from mine. I'm trying to live a life of just live it out as much as you can. Like enjoy every single moment. Try to be as happy as often as you can. When you start to feel stress build up, think about what it is that's causing that stress. Chip away at it. Take deep breaths. And just keep getting back to that, like it sounds cliche, but that happy place. Like just get back to like what is calming. Because I'm going long term when it comes to, I need to get better at the financial aspect too, but I'm going long term when it goes to heart health. All jokes aside, cardiovascular disease and overall heart disease is a huge killer as you get into your 50s, 60s, and so on. And it's whether it's dietary, overall life stress, or just the human experience. So my long-term goal is just to be as calm as I can be. And it is it has been difficult these last few weeks because it's these things that are coming up that I just typically not handling. I've never had a cracked windshield. I've never but like I said, and I'll always say this when I start to feel like I'm, I'm trying to build this case for like, hey, everybody, give me points for the things that I'm going through. My life is, is cake compared to others. But relative to what, and, and I'm, all, I'm getting used to it. My threshold is, I mean, that's, that's life. You build a tolerance to it all. But when these, when these moments come with my life, and I'm building this up because I'm trying to say that what I did wasn't like, the act of like a crazy person. I swear there was thought behind it. And I, I just wanted to be like a, a testament to like how I truly live my life because I was so proud of what I did <laughs> after I got my wallet back. My whole goal is just, I, I don't like that there are, there are things done in the world that would make you think this person is only this or they're only that. I like to think that there's so much potential in if somebody acts a certain way, then there's just not a lot known. Now, there was one more thing that happened right before I came to St. Louis. It happened yesterday, right before I started running, which I'll come back to. That kind of goes against that a little bit. But for the most part, I like to think that if I could always just take a second and be like, okay, I didn't really like what just happened, but what is it going to do if I add to the thing that I don't like? And what I don't like is having to come down from being angry or having to come down from being like upset. So this is where your, your boy here, <laughs> your dude, Curtis Alexander Snerneman, good old third person makes me cringe. I get my wallet back and I light up with this smile. And I, I hug the, the woman who helped me. And I look at these two dudes who still have not moved at all. <laughs> and I go, all six, five of me, I raise a right hand as high as I can. I go, give me a high five, man. That's what I'm talking about. Like, thank you. 
for doing the right thing. Now, granted, you did the wrong thing, and that's why you had to do the right thing. But I said, yes, that's what I'm talking about. And I go for a high five. And just because I was so pumped to have my wallet back, to have my funds back, and we were so close to the bar, once again, I hope that that whole buildup made what I'm about to do not the most crazy things. I'm just trying to like take a bad moment and quickly get back in that happy lane as fast as I can. I'm like, let's get some drinks. <laughs> like, what do you have? Because really, you want to boil it down. Why are you stealing a wallet? Do you not have that much money? You're trying to have a good time. You're just pretty broke. I don't know your reasoning. I don't even think they took me up on it. But just the fact that it was, it was I was just so like, I honestly don't even think it set in when it happened. I'm like, I can't believe my watch got taken. And then when I got it back, I'm like, oh my Lord. That, my life could have been so much worse if they hadn't given my wallet back. I don't know if I would have gotten a flight home. I don't know how I would have handled canceling everything and having to get everything sent back to me. I mean, I probably would have chipped away at it. But just, you know, added it to like, I would have lost a Portillo's gift card, which probably sits in the front pocket of my wallet. I don't know how much is on it, but I love, you know, a little reminder of home away from home. But that was my pickpocketing, pick, pickpocket, pickpocketing, pickpocketing experience. So either they, they weren't that good at it, or maybe they just came around. Maybe they're like, listen, this guy didn't really like freak out. And he gave us that look of just, you know, come on, man, what are you doing? Not, come on, man, like, everyone's heard it. That's not a stance on anything. But just, it just felt nice to, like, you know, historically, when those things happen, I feel like there's always the, the option to, to to react in a way where it's like you meet, you know, the aggressive act of stealing a wallet with the aggressive act of feeling rightful and and, you know, having disapproval of it. And I was like, oh God, that's not me. That is not me. Like, listen, just let's let's be let's be smart human beings here. Like you you took my wallet and then I tried to grab it from your hand and you still ripped it out of my hand. So like you have my wallet and uh it'd be nice to get it back. But that was just a really like you know the craziest thing about it was leading up to going out that night there was a one of the there was a a sales rep for one of the other companies who didn't stay out with us as long and he was familiar with the area and he kept saying things like don't get pickpocketed and like (laughs) cover your drink when you're walking through the streets because someone might toss something in it and i'm like seriously like that's uh, that's like next level like uh you know being aware of like Okay, like staying on a pivot, a constant pivot, and it happened. So one of the first things I said the next day when we saw him uh, for the wrap-up day was like, I I can't believe it. I thought you were just, you know, blowing smoke, and it happened. I mean, it was just like pretty wild. So I come home Saturday, and then that's when I go to my car, and I see the windshield thing. And I mean, there is some good. So I actually got rear-ended like, in February, I know I'm painting. I've got an amazing track record here. This is just, I should call this podcast the, all the things that, that are, 
going right with Curtis. But it was like in February and I just didn't move forward with the claim because I started to travel a lot for work and it was a damage to um, my bumper that was, it was fine. Like it was drivable. But I was like, you know what? I'm getting the windshield fixed. I'm working through this rental car claim. I might as well get my car fixed up and we'll, we'll get that moving forward. So yeah, it feels good to, to talk about what happened in, you know, New Orleans and, and Bourbon Street. It was just, it was just crazy to like go there and, and have it be, because the the first thing that I thought after it happened and, and into the next day was like, this is what experiencing more life is about is, is, you know, I was even thinking about some of these recordings is that I've been in such like a calm, collected state when I do these recordings because I've just been in my own little mindset. And so speaking from your own little mindset is so easy because you don't have anything to challenge it. And so I've been pursuing these ideas of like, you know, where life started and and how we have like all these commonalities and and I just want to feel connected to all that. And then I go into an area where I was really excited to have fun and then something like that happened and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, how is this happening like how is this something that happens and it's not even the tip of the tip of the iceberg of things that happen in the world and so I think what makes me nervous about you know speaking on this but it's the challenge of continuing to talk on these is I'm going to see more perspectives because that is is what I'm I'm hoping for and I think that I'm just going to stay active and kind of seeing the world from some of these different lights. And I just have to remind myself that even though not every perspective is going to be close or even remotely similar to mine, it's still a perspective. And it's just challenging in the sense of I've got to make sure that I stay strong and true with mine because when these these moments do happen in life, and there's some of this tension built up and and then things do have to fall back down. What is that going to look like when it comes back down? Like, what is it going to look like when everything calms down? And what are some things that I can put in place to keep myself grounded in who I am and, and what it is I want to do with my life and, and my future and, and where things are going? So it was just different. It was just completely different because... I've been trying to stay as much in this mindset of like, you know, all things are good. And if they're not good, they just haven't been given the opportunity to to reroute from bad. And so to kind of have like a really optimistic view on things and then to have something like that happen and just be kind of like minding my own. And then now I'm in a situation where I don't know. I mean, I, now I know to keep my wallet in my front pocket I mean it was probably like really naive of me to think that that was the best decision to just be super casual about a crowded area that I wasn't too familiar with and just have my wallet kind of chilling in my back pocket without anything buttoned up so you know something to learn from and gonna keep moving forward but it just feels good to talk about it because you know I've got some things with the move and I've got some things going on with my car and I've got to figure all that out. And so this one I think was more of just like a de-stressor, like, um, just a reorganizer. I don't, 
know exactly like kind of what any goal would be moving forward. I mean, for me, the, you know, it's, this one's going to be good to listen back to because I, I just feel kind of at a standstill with, you know, I haven't heard myself tell the story of what happened last weekend yet. You know, I've mentioned it to a couple of people. So just to hear back to it and kind of like hear my tone, because I feel like my tone right now is like, it's a little slower and it's a little deflated. I feel a little bit deflated. And I was really excited about uh, going to the cores and, and getting, you know, more education on, you know, not only obstructive sleep apnea, but where the industry is and, and you know, where things are headed. And sometimes when you work for a company that puts a lot of effort into innovation and into developing, you know, the best product that they can, you want to drink as much of that as you can. You want to drink the Kool-Aid of that as much as you can. Because having those beliefs are just power in, empowering. It's a very powerful mindset to have. But on the same note, if you drink too much, and now you're getting into that delusion state of, but there are other people <laughs> involved. And there are different approaches. And it just goes back again to perspective. So I feel like this past weekend was a necessary, I don't even know if it was like a, a, a break pedal almost, just to say that I had been getting a lot of momentum and, and how I was viewing, you know, the world around me and, you know, what I felt firm in. And then to just be around so many people from across the country and then to just start to to hear and pick up on you know where they're coming from it's just growing it's just seeing there are different perspectives and and so it's almost like getting out of my own bubble a little bit which is good but then you just kind of have those moments where you got to like take a deep breath and be like okay so although this doesn't look exactly familiar like as I you know want to like work through thought thoughts that I have and, and kind of organized mindsets that I'm in. It doesn't look exactly familiar to where I just came from because I've just been kind of getting lost in my own uh, loops almost. But then to add kind of what, you know, I saw from who I was hanging out with. And I know I just kind of did a big circle there, but the whole, to, to sum it up, I'm basically saying that sometimes I think I get in my own head and then when I'm in a situation where I'm pulled out of it and then I go back in and it's new pieces, new things are being taken into account. It just takes that that trust that time is going to work through things and and that it'll make sense again. But it's okay if things always don't make sense because then you have an opportunity to, to grow and to understand and to learn. And so... I'm excited for Sunday because I'll be talking with Max again. And Max texted me yesterday and he was excited about some of the topics that, you know, we're going to look into a little bit more before, you know, talking. But right now I'm coming up on 48 minutes and I think it's a great time to throw in a little bit of a memory because I've been doing a lot of talking about a perspective that I have now. 
but I haven't really been going through many memories. So in second grade, I broke my right wrist. Now, what has burned these moments from that memory into my head is I had been riding my bike for a couple of years. There's no way it was a couple of years. I'm not a prodigal bike rider. I think I had I'd recently <laughs> learned how to ride my bike. And my neighbor, it was, it was at my mom's house. My neighbor was, he was the skateboarder kid. He was just extremely athletic. And so when he was riding his bike, he was the one who showed me that you can put uh, cards on spokes on your back tires and it can sound like, like a motorcycle. And so I, I started to do that too. But he would go up curbs like it was nothing. He would bike up a curb with one hand. He actually was already like biking with no hands. I still don't know how to bike with no hands. But I was like, I got this one hand thing down. So I'm in second grade and we're going up the curbs. And so for older driveways, and I don't even know. because, Yeah, so my mom's driveway now. Yeah, so driveways now, they don't really have that like huge bump anymore. Everything just kind of slopes up. But for older driveways, they had that 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 like bump, that ridge in like older communities. And so you really had to to hit those, you had, really had to nail those. So on, on my mom's driveway, I'm going up with one hand and I was wearing this bright yellow SpongeBob shirt that you could buy at Target where like, where my little second grade moobs were were like SpongeBob's eyeballs. <laughs> and then it was like a full face SpongeBob shirt. And I was like a chubby kid. So it was a big shirt and it was a big face. And so I'm going up the curb with my one hand and I'm wearing these like super baggy cargo shorts. And as soon as I hit the curb, my bike flips on the front tire and I go to brace myself and I land on my right wrist. So I break my right wrist. And so I've got this limp wrist. And I go inside and I'm crying. I'm like, ah, I should have never done it. I'm so sorry. And so my mom takes me to urgent care by, uh, it was the Ruby Tuesday, uh, by Randall and Bunker Hill in Algonquin. But we go there. I've got my broken wrist. And they give me like this very thick styrofoam temporary cast. And it was a great question that the woman asked when I first got into the room was, were you wearing your helmet? And I said, no. But at the time, I've got this broken wrist. And I don't know if this was when like the smart ass in me developed. But I'm sitting there with my broken wrist and she asked me about the helmet. In my head, I just remember thinking, who cares? Like, <laughs> like who cares if I was wearing a helmet? My wrist is broken. Like, there's nothing wrong with my head. Great first question, though. You got to wear your helmet. So they put me in this temporary uh, like styrofoam cast and that was for just one night because the next day we had to go to, we had like a set appointment and they, they take the, the styrofoam off and the doctor actually asked my mom, he's like, I think you should leave the room because what he had to do is I had to lay on, so I had to like go as far down the table as I could and have my arm completely extended so my wrist was hanging off the edge. The doctor wheeled around 
And he lifted my hand, and it's still super swollen. And he pops it out, puts my hand up, so he's got his palm to palm on me, and pops my wrist back in. <laughs> the most excruciating pain. I think there's only a few things that contend with it. I got my nose ripped, which Max mentioned that in in a recording where someone popped my helmet up and it actually ripped my right nostril. But he pops my wrist back in and then I got a blue cast. Cast, it's, it's crazy. We don't see many casts anymore. Maybe it's because people aren't breaking anything anymore. They're a little more responsible with their decision making. But yeah, in second grade, I had a cast. I was itching it with pencils in class. But I just remember that. It was the huge SpongeBob shirt. Guy popped my wrist back. And then, before it, was, it might have been before that happened because I don't think I was as careless with... So being as tall as I was at the age I was, we like anytime I would go to the playground... Whether it was like during recess in grade school or I had like a little treehouse at, at my house. I always I always got in my head that like when I would see friends like jump off like the second story of like a, a playground or or if it was the treehouse, that if I'm standing there and I'm looking down, my head is already high like I'm seeing higher than they're seeing because I'm taller. So like for me to comprehend how how much of a drop it was was going to be a more a bigger drop than someone who's shorter than me. And looking back on that, if you're telling me that I was thinking like <laughs> my head placement in proportion to someone who's shorter, I mean, that's overthinking. And that I mean, shit, I got to cut myself some slack. That's been there since 8. I mean, this isn't something that developed Wow, I remember, wow. No, good luck to me. But I remember jumping and I was like, okay. And my ankles just took the worst impact. But my the same neighbor who was this great influence telling me to go up a curb with one hand, we got it in our heads to film. I got like a little camcorder for Christmas one year. And we got in our heads to start jumping off the playground and be like, the Johnny Knoxville movie Jackass and be like, I'm Curtis and, you know, and I'm not going to say his name, but, and we're going to jump off the playground. And <laughs> we were just reckless. But nothing beats being the kid in the neighborhood, which was me, who would jump on the trampoline during a rainy day. I mean, if that's by himself, by himself, it wasn't like, hey, let's go, let's go jump to I mean, Wow, there's some unboxing there. <laughs> what, what an eventful childhood. Just run out, buy my lonesome, run on a wet trampoline. I think I fell through the trampoline once. It split open. This is So my dad's listening to some, some of these recordings, and this is where I would say we are on the stream of consciousness mode. Because I asked him, I was like, what do you think? And Do you want to do one with me? He's like, you know, you you go out there. Like, it's definitely like you're just doing a stream of consciousness, which is, I mean, it's fine. It's just, you know, you really you really go out there. It's hard to follow sometimes. So what I always like to do at this point, because I'm coming up on an hour, is to let everybody in a little bit. So I actually set up 
I've been thinking about doing like adding video to this because I think it's anytime you can kind of put that pressure on for presentation because there is a lot. Presentation is has so much to do with life. And I, I think I, you know, lived that, but I didn't have that conscious thought until someone said it to me. Like, I, I think I always put the pressure on myself of knowing that there's so much presentation that happens in life. But then when someone was like, yeah, I mean, most of life is presentation. I'm like, light bulb. Yeah, you're right. That's crazy that it is. It's just how, how are you coming across? So I am thinking about doing like a video with these two, because I think it's not only like my tone and, and kind of how I'm pacing through, you know, talking about certain things, but you know, how am I looking mannerisms, you know, how's, how's everything coming across? So for now, to kind of do like a little mock run, I turn my phone on and I just go to camera. I'm not recording or anything. So just to kind of see like, okay, here I am. You know, I can kind of hear on here on here, excuse me, hear how I'm talking about things and then kind of see what it's looking like as I'm kind of working through, you know, telling some stories. So, you know, things are still developing for me. I think this is going to be number 19. So still just kind of getting started with everything, but I think these are still going to be really good to look back on. And if I do have someone listening, then to you specifically, my dear friend, thank you so much. And I hope to continue to be entertaining and I hope to continue to speak from a place that's true and to just continue to develop not only who I am, but sort of whatever perspective it is that I have to help be another piece in the puzzle of perspectives that exists in the world. Thank you. Good night. And again, not of my recordings, but in life in general, enjoy every single moment we have.